Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to part one of my interview with Tucker Carlson. It's the first time me and him have been together in a long form interview. I think you're really going to like this. We're going to cover a lot of territory. Folks, before we get to it, free speech is under attack. If you're a conservative in America, you need to start protecting your online privacy with ExpressVPN. Defend your rights with the app I trust to keep me safe. Get three extra months free at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. As I said, we got a lot of material we're going to cover here. You're really going to enjoy this. So part one coming up. Why should woke corporations be allowed to dictate what you believe? Freedom of speech is dying in America, ladies and gentlemen. And if you go online without ExpressVPN, you're actively funding. It's murder. The far left wants to woke wash you into a puppet. Through their big tech lapdogs, they use your IP address to uh, to track your online movements. It's no good. ExpressVPN is my first line of defense. The app hides my IP address so they can't track me. I've been a proud ExpressVPN user for over five years. And there's a reason why ExpressVPN is the most trusted VPN provider among conservatives everywhere. Because it's easy to use. All you have to do is tap a button just like that, turn on ExpressVPN on any of your devices. I use it. You should use it. And you too can fight back against the far-left thought police. So defend your rights and visit my link, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. You get a special holiday offer of three extra months free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S, expressvpn.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now to learn more. And also brought to you today by Beam's Dream Powder. You know how I'm into sleep. I wear this aura ring to track my sleep. Deep sleep, super important. It's time you embrace deep healing sleep. It's powerful too. What's my secret? Beam Dreams Powder. Beam's Dream Powder. It's a hot cocoa for sleep that could transform your nights. If you know me, you know it's been a game changer for me. Their Dream Powder. And today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder. This stuff works. It's legit. It tastes really good too. It's their science-backed hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Better sleep is never tasted better. Other sleep aids can cause next day grogginess, but Dream contains a really powerful all-natural blend. And I encourage you again to look these products up yourself. Reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, apigenin, and melatonin help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Just mix Beam Dream powder into hot water or milk and enjoy before bedtime. It's that simple. You want to try Beam's best-selling Dream powder? Get up to 40% off for a limited time. When you go to shopbeam, B-E-A-M, shopbeam.com slash Bongino and use code Bongino, at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash Bongino and use code Bongino for up to 40% off. All right, let's dig right into it. Part one, my interview with the great Tucker Carlson. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, probably my most anticipated uh, interview ever. I ask people all the time, like, who do you want me to interview? And this name is always, pretty much always number one. Finally made it. Love this guy, our good friend, Tucker Carlson. Tucker, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Uh, really honored you're here. Thanks a lot. Well, I'm honored to be here. Are you kidding? Thank you. <laughs> you're a good man. We used to share a floor together up at our former employer at Fox. Your team had most of it. They stuck us in like a corner somewhere. But, you know, we've, we've known each other for a long time. You were always so nice to me and my family. You took a picture with my dad at the Patriot Awards. My dad has it prominently displayed above me, by the way, in his garage in his house, which is kind of telling, but, uh, you know, can I say one thing? It wasn't just, we shared the same floor. We shared the same views and management shared the same view of us. Yeah. (laughs) We actually had a lot in common. (laughs) I was on the air doing this live by podcast live at 11 o'clock and I'm doing this show live 
And I see this break, and I remember Harris Faulkner had said something like in Newsbreak, Tucker Carl. And I was like, wait, what? Because I had just left the week earlier, and I'm sitting here. I mean, legit, like for me, it was like, you know, those moments like when you were a kid, you remember, sadly, all these tragic moments, but you know exactly what was going on for me in the media. I didn't see that coming. A lot of people tie you and me together because we left, but I had no idea. And from what I heard from, you know, you just publicly, you didn't either. I mean, I didn't really plan on digging too deep into it because, but what, what happened exactly there? Well, I don't know. I mean, it was one of, (laughs) I was surprised too. It was our, it actually weirdly was, I had just finished writing my script in my living room with my dogs, drinking coffee, banging this thing out. I filed the script. I look at my calendar. What do I have to do today? And it said sixth anniversary of the show at eight o'clock. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then boom, I get a call from the the head of the, of the channel called me. I thought, oh, probably wishing me congratulations. And, <laughs> yeah. and um, it was of course canceling the show. So I was, I was completely surprised. But I wasn't shocked on on a deeper level because, of course, I mean, I knew I was out of step and, um, you know, it wasn't my company. And by the way, I wasn't mad about it. I was just I was just like confused, but I wasn't mad then or now at all. And both because it. Yeah, exactly. First of all, it, it wasn't my company. And I served at their pleasure, the family that owns it for the entire 14 years I was there. And our deal always was I'm not gonna take orders on what to say. It's your network. If you don't like it, take me off the air. And one day they did. I mean, that was really an explicit agreement that I had. So I don't know how I could complain, really. They did a lot for me. Um, and and I am very happy to be doing something else. And I'm very happy not to be in that business anymore. So grateful every day. So I can't say, like, I feel misused or something. I, I wasn't. Yeah, you know, and I think you've displayed an an inordinate amount of class here. I mean, a lot of guys would have left and like burned the place down. And listen, I I, like you, I kind of feel the same way. There's a lot of friends I still have there, a lot of good people there. It's just, it wasn't just wasn't a good fit. I mean, at that time it didn't work. And, you know, I I know you like, I read about, I was going to get to this at the end, but I knew when I talked to you, like I throw the whole fucking script out the window. I read an uh, in long form <laughs> interview. It's really like you and Megan, I could talk to forever. Um, I read a long form interview you did. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it was a New Yorker, but I'm not sure. Forgive me. But you had said something at the end and I, I really laughed when I read it because it was, I, I kind of like stole it and embraced it myself. You said, you know, once in a while you got to like throw just a shit grenade in the tent. I mean, if there's a lot of just garbage stuff going on, you can't be afraid to run away from the hot stuff. But the hard reality, like you just said, is when it's not your company, that may not be their bag of donuts, but that doesn't mean, you know, you're going to keep doing it there. You know, you got to do what you're doing now at TuckerCarlsonNetwork.com. Well, I mean, look at what just in your life. I mean, you left under whatever, you know, I'm not exactly sure why they let you go, though. I think we both know. And then look what happened to your life. I mean, it's just so much better. So that is a big change. That is the biggest change. I got into this in my 20s. I'm now 54. So that's a whole a whole lifetime. I've been in this business at every one of the networks. And for most of the time, the rule was like, if you're not working here, I mean, guys like me, I had no other skills. I was not in law enforcement. I wasn't in anything. I've been a journalist since I was 22. So yeah. I couldn't really do anything else. It's not like I'm going to you know, go become a landscape architect or something. I just, I'm a talk show host. That's all I am. And you couldn't leave because there was nowhere else to work. And all of a sudden, it's like, not only is there another place to work, it's way better on 
every level. It's happier. You can make a real living. You get a bigger audience. It's just amazing. And so yeah. I'm not sure the old model, and I'm not gloating over it. I don't like the destruction of anything. I'm for building, not destroying. But just as a, as a matter of fact, I don't see how that old model continues because, you know, it has no credibility. No one really wants to watch that. And I don't think it's going to be around in a few years. Like, it's a huge it problem, Tucker. It's a huge problem, especially in this inflationary era where people are cutting costs. Yeah. There are a lot of folks out there saying, you know, I'm going through my monthly budget and I don't get it. Like yeah. what I could get there on X, I can get here, not X Twitter, but you know, X variable wise, I can get yeah. for free. You've got this like diaspora of people to quote a group of people that hate us, but it's true of people who've left who are producing content that's mostly free. You can go get elsewhere. And that, that kind of leads to my first right. question. I was going to talk about this whole new media environment. You, Megan, everyone from Bill O'Reilly to Glenn Beck, you got mixtures of SVOD, yeah. X, uh, X Twitter, Rumble, YouTube, all this different blend of stuff. The down, the upside to it is you control your own stuff, which is, you know, you, you kind of controlled it anyway. At Fox, anyone who knows their work, uh, you know, work there knows it. But now you yep. can really like just do it with no fear of being taken down. But I see the issue and I want to get your thoughts on this to give, give a kind of a full scope, uh, uh, you know, pros and cons. The only downside is, the older generation, we have like a, what I call the two button problem. People are used to going yeah. to their remote, hitting power and Fox or OAN or Newsmax is on. Oh, you hit his power. You don't have to do anything else. That's it. The younger generation, it's not an issue. They'll go through, they know exactly how to log in to Amazon Prime and Rumble and YouTube right. and live stream. But the older generation, I'll go out and I'm not going to lie to you. It still gets under my skin when people say to me, Oh, what happened, man? I haven't seen you in like forever since you left Fox. <laughs> Where I'm are like, you? I don't know. I live stream a hundred thousand people a day. I mean, but I get it. I told it the two button problem is 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 kind of a thing that's going to go away, but it's still there now. Yeah, no, it's we talk about this all the time. I mean, I've been on television since the mid nineteen nineties. You know, since yeah. I mean, I was on the set when the Monica Lewinsky thing broke. That's how old I am. <laughs> so, yes, I get it. And so we're going on. TVs actually pretty soon. And it's not that difficult at all. I mean, you can get a stick, you can sell yeah. it or give it away, put it in your TV and bam, it comes up. And we just, we actually were waiting to launch until we did that. But I just thought, well, I can't wait any longer. It's been seven months. So uh, we launched, but no, in a few months we're, we're doing that. And I, and I have no idea what kind of audience will pick up from that. You know, I don't have a TV. I haven't had a TV in many, many years. So I'm I'm not a TV watcher. Um, my wife hates it, so we just don't have it. But I think a lot of people, a lot of smart people, you know, everyone has a TV or a lot of people have TVs. So like, why would you miss out on that? And I don't think the technology is that difficult at all. We've no, just it's not. things going on and haven't finished that, but we will. And you got yeah, the grandkid uh, solution, Tucker. The grandkid comes in and shows you in two steps, right? Hey, Ma, you plug the stick in. Grandma, uh, you do that, right? I, I don't mean, have any grandkids yet. I, uh, well, I, I know. You know. I wish I had grandkids. I'm not that much farther behind. I'm going to be 50 next year, brother. I'm no spring chicken anymore. Don't let these generally good looks and young skin actually fool you. I'm an, I'm an old man. I'm dying. <laughs> of course, I kid, folks. I'm not actually that arrogant. That's why I'm on the radio more than anything. I got a face for that. But this new media environment you and I are in, which is on demand. People just want their stuff on demand. They want it VOD. They want to find yeah. Tucker Carlson. You're going to have TuckerCarlsonNetwork.com, which is where people can go and get that content and subscribe. 
We're going to throw that up um, on the Chiron of the show. And it's also going to be an email, folks. You can link right to it. Go right there. But Tucker, there's a, Thank you know, you. there's a long, there we go. Look at, oh, look at Gee. He's all over it. Look at this guy, producer Gee. Very, yeah, this is nice. TuckerCarlson.com. <laughs> Sorry, TuckerCarlson.com. Um, Gallup, I, I want to throw this Gallup poll up on the screen, Tucker. The reason new media, you know, you and I and others who've left the kind of old ecosystem are doing our thing, I think works, is because the old media sucks. They, it, it just sucks. Nobody trusts them after Spygate, the Russia hoax, the impeachment disaster, uh, you know, yeah. then them covering for the Soviet Union uh, with the, the New York Times debacle over the decades. So I pulled up this Gallup poll. Here's people's confidence in the media. It's at an all time low, but it matches 2016 right before Trump got in there. Tucker, people aren't dumb. Like you can see the chart yeah. right here. Like you can only lie to people so long before they're like, ah, you're kind of full of shit and I don't want to waste my time with you anymore. I think that's right. And it's it's not just, I mean, I've always thought, because my dad was in the media, I've always thought there was distortion in the media, but it's only been in the last several years that you can feel the malice in it. I mean, life expectancy in the United States literally declined. Like people are dying younger, particularly rural people, old America, and they like think that's fine. And, and so there's a sense in which like they kind of want to kill you. I mean, they hate you and they want to hurt you. And that's scary. So it's, it's not just that they're dishonest. It's that they're cruel and that they seek your destruction. You, know, you watch these people from January 6th go to prison who didn't do anything wrong and it destroys their lives. And the media cheerleader, they murder Ashley Babbitt. You know, Michael Byrd murdered this girl. And that's totally fine with the media. So if they're happy, you know, Ashley Babbitt's a military veteran. She was unarmed. She didn't do anything wrong. She was standing at a doorway inside the people's house. Is that a death penalty offense? No, it's not. And yet they cheered that on. So if they're happy to see Ashley Babbitt get murdered, how would they feel about my murder? Well, they would celebrate it, of course. So these aren't just liars. These are your blood enemies. I mean, that's real. That's and how I feel about it. Anyway. Doesn't the temerity of it kind of like burrow under like a tick? I mean, I just wrote down a few things like the Russia hoax. Was the single dumbest line of bullshit? Anyone who knew Donald Trump, you know him, Tucker. He's oh, a germaphobe. Like he's an he doesn't even hide it. If you shake his hand, <laughs> he has no problem whatsoever asking someone for the for the for the what we used to call the alcohol, the the, the scale gel stuff. Because he's a germaphobe. Like everybody was like Purell. Like he don't yeah. even he he admits it. So you're like listen to his story. You're like. So he was getting peed on by some hookers in Russia. Like, do you even know this guy? Like, it was the dumbest bullshit story ever. And it's not. And supposedly this. I know. I know. I don't even want to get going because I'll go for it because there's so much more. But like, how the f did you fall for this? Like, And the answer is they didn't. They had to know it was bullshit. And like you just said, they just freaking hate you. They think you're a piece of shit. They hate your guts. And they just, this was a pure yeah. hierarchical power play. Like, we're going to just tell you bullshit and you're going to believe it. When Rush Limbaugh died, they celebrated. They literally celebrated. Now I'm thinking like, maybe you don't like Rush Limbaugh. I knew, I knew Rush Limbaugh and liked him a lot. But, you know, I share his politics. Maybe lots of people die I don't like. To celebrate a man's death See. on the day he dies suggests a level of cruelty and sort of inhuman disregard for another person. If you don't respect death, you don't respect life. And these people don't. And again, I think they, they have genocidal instincts. I mean, they'd like the old America to go away. And they say that all the time. That's what the anti-white stuff is about. What do you think that is? Like, where did that come from? 
I mean, that's the that's the desire to kill you. And I don't think I'm overstating it at all. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think you're overstating it at all either. I mean, they'll tell you to this day that the Russia hoax was real, but the spying operation on Donald Trump wasn't. And then like I wrote three books on like exactly. extensively and noted with left wing sources. <laughs> I mean, I only use left wing sources. So when I when they come to me, that's why they never reviewed the books, because they'd be like, oh, this book is bullshit. I'm like, oh, it's fascinating. I, 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 I use your sources. And they'd be like, he's never spied on. I'd be like, oh, here's this <laughs> CNN article, uh, 2017 by Pamela Brown. And was it Eric Bradner that says that the uh, British intel passed information to the Americans about Donald Trump? How do you explain that? It's still up on your website. And, they'd be, oh, uh, and then all of a sudden they shut the hell up. Like, yeah. these people are insane. I mean, the 51 intel officials <laughs> who said a computer, Hunter Biden, H Tucker, the dude dropped it off. The guy recognized him. He signs his name with his address with a computer with a Biden family sticker on it with emails, texts and photos of a naked Hunter Biden and dipshits in the media and the 51 Intel people like, yeah, sounds to me like a Russian thing. And these freaking liberal assholes are like, sounds legit. Yeah, I mean, you got to be scratching your head is <laughs> like, what am I in like bizarro Superman land? No, no, you're just what what we're all in the middle of is a process of rethinking our assumptions about the country. You know, what's real? Who's on my side? You know, where is this going? What's the point of this? Like, why would you wreck your own country, which they've done? Why would you let in tens of millions of people from Africa and Latin America you know nothing about when we don't we don't need the labor, of course. Like, what is that? And of course, what you're watching is like the intentional detonation of the United States, but why would anyone want to do that? I mean, these are very deep questions. I think about them all the time. I don't think that they have political answers. I think it's deeper than that, but whatever. No, it's hard to digest. I guess that's the only point I'm making. It's hard to digest. Like there's, there's too much. It's too horrible. It's not, we're not disagreeing about tax rates here. We're talking about right. like the deaths of whole populations. Like it's really heavy and hard to deal with. TuckerCarlson.com is the website. I strongly encourage you to support this man and his work. TuckerCarlson.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you get some of the best content. And uh, not just that, this new media ecosystem is the future. Get in there, get in there early. Uh, Tucker, I want to jump to this hierarchy argument versus hypocrisy, something I make on my podcast all the time. I've heard on your show often. Yeah. But just quickly, you, you had said something there that kind of struck me. It's another argument I bring up a lot, even on the Fox show when I was doing it. This, this is intentional. I mean, when you look at what you said, the, oh, an yeah. open, destructive border, fentanyl trafficking, little kids getting sex trafficked. This isn't a conspiracy theory. I mean, these things are happening. When you look at the debasing of our currency, when you look at the destruction of American pride, a very simple idea. I mean, you have, if you had a treehouse club, you'd want to be proud to be a part of it, right? Or no one would. These are just really simple ideas. The left isn't doing this by accident. This destruction agenda is an effort to bring out, bring about their liberal dystopia. So I, I, I think the point that you often make is like really important that it's not about hypocrisy. It's about hierarchy. Really, if you take three steps back, what you're watching is the end of Western ideas supplanted by Eastern ideas. So the, the core Western idea is universalism. We have principles and they apply to everybody. It doesn't matter what you look like, you know, what your religion is. 
everybody is treated exactly the same because we're all created by God. This is the basic Christian idea. And we all have certain inalienable rights that govern the relationship of the state to the citizen. So that's the Western understanding. The Eastern understanding, which is what we're living under now, is that no, there's a permanent God-given hierarchy. Some groups are better, inherently better than others, and they deserve better treatment, and therefore they live by different standards. It's like, this is, it's not just that these people are like getting away with shit because they can. They have a different worldview. They believe that certain groups certain ethnicities, races. I mean, that's how they talk. I mean, it sort of blows. I always, because I'm so dumb, it takes me like years to figure this stuff out. But I'm like, wait, you just built a Martin Luther King memorial that says we're all the same underneath, right? Right. right. But you're now telling us that some races are better than others. Like, what is this? But what it is, is the end of the basic Western understanding of the, the Christian understanding of the world. And people piss on Christianity all the time, of course. But you don't need to be a Christian to see the benefit of living in a Christian country. In a Christian country, universal principles reign. And the core assumption is we're all morally equal, not in our actions. Some people are good in the way they act. Some are bad. But our moral value is the same. And the people who run the country don't share that view. No, no, they don't. I was looking at this article the other day in USA Today, uh, you know, about Hunter Biden, who is just ignoring this congressional subpoena. And it was funny. I opened up my show the day after it happened. And I said, you know, I, you're never going to believe it, folks. I found a Democrat with principles. I'm going to run some audio here of Nancy Pelosi objecting strongly to this uh, ignoring of a lawfully issued congressional subpoena. And the audience obviously being a little confused. I played the audio. It's real. And of course, it's not about Hunter. It's about Steve Bannon. You know, Steve Bannon, when he ignored it, Nancy Pelosi wanted him locked up. He got to go to jail. Even Joe Biden himself, he got to enforce the law. But now that his kid does it, it's a ground ball, black and white situation. You believe in objective truth in the law. You don't. And the left's like, ah, we really don't. I always have this. Someone gave me this at a book signing. This is like middle finger thing. They're like this. Ah, go fuck yourself. Like, we don't really care about your values. Like, and, and, and it's like what you just said. The, 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 the core essential component of collectivism is this idea that objective truth means nothing because it's obviously the opposite of their subjective ability to treat people differently. If I say Tucker and Dan have the same big R God-given rights, I can't treat them by natural law differently. But when I wipe that shit out and I say, no, 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 it's all subjective. Tucker's rich. He's, you know, his dad was smart. He had a leg up and he's white, of course. So F that guy, I'm going to take from him and give to Dan. You have to wipe all of it out. And it becomes a system of rankings of grievances. And sadly, as you just said, with this bullshit intersectionality stuff, that's where we are now. And guys like you and me are at the bottom. Well, sure, because if you don't believe in Western values, a euphemism for Christian values, universal values that apply to everyone equally, then you believe in collective punishment. Like, I don't like what your parents did. I don't like what your grandparents did. I don't like what people who look like you did. Therefore, I'm going to punish you. That's totally incompatible with the Western view of government or justice completely. But it is entirely compatible with the Eastern view. It's what the Soviets did. It's what Mao did. And they were both able to do that. And the North Koreans do it to this day. They put the families of political dissidents in prison too, because that's the Eastern view of justice. We're punishing the whole group. Um, And that's happening here. And I just feel like we're not 
taking the time to appreciate why this is happening. It's not just like we got some especially corrupt group of people in power. Yeah, they're, they're very corrupt, but they have a different worldview. That's it. And that's why they're not embarrassed. So that's the, that's the key thing. Like if you caught me stealing and I don't believe in stealing, but maybe under certain circumstances I would steal in it. But if you caught me, I would be deeply ashamed of it. I really would. If you caught me being a hypocrite, I'd be deeply ashamed. My face would turn red. I couldn't help it. You catch them, it's not a problem because they think they're part of a group that's superior to you. Yeah. TuckerCarlson.com is the place where you can get Tucker's content. Subscribe. It's going to be fantastic, folks. He's got big plans here. TuckerCarlson.com. Tucker, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll get right back to you. But before we go, I just want to say, you know, this is the one thing I... I really miss, you know, I'm not knocking anyone else at any other network or anyone on the network now. They're all, you know, good friends of mine, whatever. But your eight o'clock monos, man, we're just, it was just absolutely appointment TV because, you know, you really, really got the, I mean, I'd have my dad call. He's a huge fan of your show calling me sometimes like, man, I never really, never really thought about it that way before. And you're, you really, you get into that. I always say all the time, you know, the, it's the why matters. It's kind of a simplistic thing I use on my show. But, you know, once yeah. you understand the core ideology of why the left's doing what they're doing, like all, you'll never ask questions like, why is it they throw gays off buildings in Iran and over <laughs> here they want an Iran deal? Well, if you read David Horowitz's book about unholy alliance, you figure out that we're just the anti-anti-communists. We're fighting, exactly. they're the, you know, we're the anti-communists and they're the anti-anti-communists. So whatever we're for, they're against because we're in their way. So your prices. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll, I'll get right back with Tucker Carlson. We'll be right back. Diversify your savings with physical precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home safe. It's Birch Gold Group's most popular special of the year. I've used this company many times now through December 22nd. For every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, They'll send you a one ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. Text Dan to 989898 to claim your eligibility now. You can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home or have Birch's gold precious metal specialist help you convert an existing IRA of 401k into a tax sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. They'll send you free silver for every $5,000 you purchase. Keep it for yourself or give it to someone. There's real value. It's pretty cool stocking stuffer. Just text the keyword DAN to 989898 to claim your eligibility. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, including me, now's the best time to buy gold from Birch Gold. Text DAN to 989898 and claim your eligibility for free silver on qualifying purchases before December 22nd. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Message and data rates apply. And our last sponsor for part one year, mypatriotsupply.com slash DAN. This year has been a full of unforeseen events. Ladies and gentlemen, something's wrong. You know it. You can feel it. The government knows it. We've covered it in our shows. So act today and get prepared like I did with my Patriot Supply. They are the country's largest preparedness company. They're equipped to stock your shelves. My Patriot Supply's best-selling three-month emergency food kit provides delicious breakfast, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. Right now, it's $100 off. Get over 2,000 calories a day. Calories are survival. You just add water, heat the food, and eat it. It's that simple. But that's not all you'll get. Order this Bongino bundle. That's what I have. And you'll get an Alexa Pure Pro Water Filtration System and a Survival Seed Vault for free. Go to mypatriotsupply.com slash Dan for $100 in savings and over $300 in free gifts. Be sure to order by 3 p.m. for free same-day shipping. Pick this up today. It's really cool. It's best to have these emergency supplies and not need them than to need them and not have them. You know that. 
Buy my exclusive Bongino bundle at mypatriotsupply.com slash Dan. Now back to the interview. We're back with Tucker Carlson. Tucker, a guy you and I both know, Michael Anton, he's just a fantastic writer. He, he writes about this thing all the time. I get a kick out of how the left has this thing, like, it's not happening, but it's great that it is. And, you know, one of them is this replacement theory thing. Gee, I'm going to go a little bit out of order here. I'm sorry. I know I gave you these elements in order. But this replacement theory, the, the, the hilarious thing about this is if you mention it, it's considered this big right-wing conspiracy theory. The only problem is the only time I mention replacement theory is when I'm literally quoting the left. Let me just show you a few elements. And this, of course, it's this theory the left has that they can bring in a bunch of people demographically uh, for a power base in the United States to get votes. I'm going to prove to you right here this is their thing. But when you notice, they hate it. Here is an op-ed in the New York Times. This is very real. It's literally called, and I hate the word literally, Tucker, we can replace them in the New York Times by Michelle Goldberg, dated October 29, 2018. It's that's the actual title. Wait, here's where it gets even better. Here is a later op-ed in the same paper. White people fearful of being replaced in the opinion. You're like, holy shit, I'm reading the same paper. So I play this little supercut. Just a minute. I won't make you sit through a lot. But it's just a minute long. This is a hat tip. I think this was Tom Elliott over at Grabian. Here is a supercut of the Democrats talking about demographic destiny. But when you talk about it, Tucker, we're definitely Ku Klux Klan members, 100%. Here, listen to this. Check this out. Coming out into the open. In a few years, we're going to be a majority brown country. White people will not be the majority in the country anymore. This will be the first generation ever in American history uh, in which whites will be a minority of the generation at some point. As of 2007, every year, babies being born in this country, whites now are the minority. In 2044, uh, everyone is going to be a minority. As the demographics change, as white people become the minority in the country, which is coming. Demographics is destiny. Demographics. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny, right? The country is changing. I've been saying it here. Other people have been saying it here for years now, even before Donald Trump. The demographics is destiny. The white population is declining for the first time in history in America, while the number of multiracial Americans have more than doubled. So we live in a country where the demographics are changing. It's becoming less white. Correct. Okay. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographic. <laughs> That's their own word. That's not me. I'm not in there. And yet whenever I mention, why are you Democrats so obsessed with the southern border demographic destiny and illegal immigration? You can't say that. You're like a Nazi or something. It's not happening, Tucker, but it's great that it is, right? It's exactly right, but is it great? I mean, it's interesting. And you could have thrown in a Biden clip who said the same thing. Sure. This is going to yes. be a non-white country. Okay. But they, they've been telling us two things for about 20 years now. One, that whites are going to be a minority, which is true. They haven't explained why I should be excited about that. I am white and so are my kids. Maybe there's a reason. I haven't heard it. Um, but they've also told us that minorities in America are mistreated by definition because they're minorities. And then at the same time, they've shown sort of unremitting hostility to whites. In fact, our entire government and private sector are organized to discriminate against whites. So how is this good? I, I'm sort of missing. This is a country that was founded by whites. Our systems were all created by white men, every, every one of them, along with the airplane. Um, so I'm not, those are just facts. Why? 
should I be excited about being a hated minority in a country that my ancestors built? Shut up, white supremacist. Well, actually, Every I'm time. not a white supremacist. I'm not a racist. And I actually didn't grow up in a country where I thought much about race. Oh, that's white privilege. Okay, maybe it was. But I grew up right on the southern border, actually, very close to Tijuana. And we did not talk about race. I, speaking for myself, never thought about it. I certainly wasn't anti-Mexican. I like Mexicans. To this day, I really like Mexicans. But whatever, they have forced the whole country to talk about race constantly and to attack whites constantly and then tell you that you're going to be a minority. Yes, you're going to be mistreated. And no, you can't complain about it. And at that point, you're like, what exactly are we looking at? Oh, you're trying to kill me. I mean, any other, if they talked about Jews this way or Filipinos, right? Or, you know, I don't know, Samoans, pick any group. Members of that group would be like, wow, man, you're, you kind of want to kill me, don't you? Because you sound like you do. You act like you do. You're freaking me out. You're making me paranoid. Paranoid, if you are paranoid about that, however, it's a federal crime. It's a felony. Yeah. You go to jail for that. Uh, so, like, what are we looking at? And at this, and I, last thing I would say is that South Africa is the country that they loved most. And American liberals brought about an end to apartheid, okay? We're, and we're deeply involved in the process of reconstruction after 1994 in South Africa. What happened next? Well, they haven't really told us much about it. Do you know anyone who lives in South Africa who's white? Well, it's hell because you are mistreated, you are discriminated against, and you are very often killed. And yeah. so, like, why shouldn't all of this, all of that make me nervous? I mean, I'm, I'm serious, and I'm saying that yeah. as a sincere non-racist, but, like, what the hell are we looking at here, and why can't anyone talk about it? And the fact that you can't talk about it makes it even scarier and weirder. Like, what, what are these people thinking? And why yeah. are they so hostile? I, I look at someone, I mean, I know a lot of those people you know, who uh, you just put on the screen and it's like, what, why are they so mad at the native population of the country? Why are they so mad at white Americans? Like what Ron Brownstein, like what, where's that animus come from? Actually? I mean it. Like, what is that? Tucker does. I mean, I, I know it must kind of irk you even more that the definition of what white is, is, is not even well, it's rigid. It's malleable. And what we've seen with these dreadful college presidents who humiliated themselves in the country at the Capitol Hill hearing when they needed context for genocide, their definition, some of these woke leftists of what white is, is entirely independent of the melanin component of your skin. If you're a successful <laughs> Asian, right? You're, you're white adjacent. What the fuck is that? White adjacent? And then they're like, well, Jews, it's different. Even though many Jews who live in Israel are in fact of Middle Eastern descent, and are not, in fact, in any way white or Caucasian. Like, a lot, nah, you guys are definitely lot. white. It's like, it doesn't even mean anything. It's just an excuse to shit on people who get in their way on their path to power. Well, what's interesting, and again, ominous, and we need to fix this. We need to de-racialize our public conversation immediately or people are yes. going to get hurt very soon. So we've imported tens and tens and tens of millions of non-white immigrants. Okay. I'll speak for myself. The fact that they're not white is not the first thing that occurs to me. I, I really don't and try actively not to see the world that way because I don't think it's healthy. But they're coming into a country in which they're immediately being told that white people are bad. So why are we brainwashing our immediate arrivals, these new immigrants with anti-white racism? And how do we think that works in the end? How do we think yeah. that ends? It ends yeah. with violence. If you 
if if we told people, and this is one of the things that's come out of the hearings that you refer to, if you tell people that Jews are bad, well, they're probably, because people believe what they hear, they're probably going to end up hassling Jews pretty hard. Well, we've been telling them that whites are bad, that, that whites are actually the problem in the world. We've been saying that, not we, but the people who run the country, the truly evil people who run the country have been saying that for decades. And now we're going to, we've invited all these people, we're telling them that? Like, you know, half the population of Haiti? Like, they all think that? I mean, like, what? Yeah. How does this end? Is anyone thinking about it? No. Yeah. Or maybe they are thinking about it. Maybe that's even, I'm serious. And I would, I would love to, you can't have any rational conversation about no. race. I'm not bragging, but I think I'm actually pretty rational on the topic because I'm not that emotional about it at all. I'm from Southern California. I didn't grow up in that world at all where people thought about ethnicity at all. So yeah, I, mean, I, I would love to have City. a rational <laughs> conversation. You just yeah, took right. the bus with, you know, I, I, it's almost sad. Like I was talking to Kira Davis. She guest hosts for me a lot on radio. Uh, she happens to be black, which again is entirely irrelevant to conservatives, but to liberals, it's, you know, their whole thing. And she's a good conservative. And we were, we were talking yeah. and she brought up this point that, you know, she's like, whenever I talk to you guys, like you, you guys out there, she's like, it's funny how you, like you almost have, you've been trained to dance around the topic because you're right. It's like, when you say common sense things like, yeah, you know, I don't really judge people by the color of your skin. Or like, that's because you're a racist and a white supremacist and you've grown up in a privileged environment, not skinny. And you're like, what the, f I tell what I said at all. I said how I felt. Like, I really don't give a shit about the melanin content that you're thinking. Is, it, is that, am I weird now? It's just so freaking strange. They've got us all conditioned. And I'll tell you, I was watching one of your monologues one night. And you were digging into this demographic destiny thing, how the Democrats are obsessed with this. And then when we talk about it, like we're the crazy people. And I went on my show the next day and I did like a 20 minute segment and I played your whole thing. And I said, watch what's going to happen. They're going to go after this guy for simply citing the left. So I tell these media matters, goons and everyone else. All I ask is that you transcribe the entire segment. This one, me and Tucker are talking about and put in the left wing supercut. We put, put that in and I'm absolutely fair with you taking a shot at me. Just transcribe everything so you know we're just covering your own words. But a, a couple other things I want to get to is TuckerCarlson.com, by the way, is uh, Tucker's new network. Subscribe and be worth your time, folks. We're building a whole new media ecosystem out there for all of you. You know, you and I were the subject of an NBC article not that long ago. I think because we, you know, departed Fox at the same time, like we're further... Married at the hip. You got a far bigger media profile, but once in a while they throw me in there. And uh, I used to do this whole protection thing with the Secret Service. So I don't know much. Um, you know, I, I don't know a lot, but I know a little bit about that. And I've got some friends, let's just say, I used to work with. And the threat against Donald Trump is, is real. It's very real. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely real. And it's a red line. Uh, there are people out there who are really afraid. There have been fights with Secret Service headquarters about specific security things. And you and I both brought this up that, you know, just like the race thing where you're going to get people to hate each other. If you're going to tell everyone this guy's Hitler and a Nazi, someone's going to try to exterminate him to prevent what the Nazis did. So you and I right in the, like the same week and had this conversation with our audiences like this sounds kind of dangerous. And this knucklehead dipshit at NBC wrote this article about here, Dan Arkin, who's probably a moron. This guy, I got to imagine as oatmeal for brains like Biden. He wrote, Tucker Carlson stokes conspiracies, claims U.S. is speeding towards the assassination of Trump. And it was picked up by Alex Jones and Dan Bongino, those two crazy wackadoodles. But Tucker, 
that, you know, I'm actually getting this from people who are kind of, and then, oh, look, he's going, even it was Forbes picked it up too. Antonio Pequeño. Pequeño. I don't know what they're referring to. I hope it's not his anatomy. And then Aliyah Shoah picked it up at Insider too. But this is real. This thread is real. I've gotten it from people. And it just shows to show you how disgusting this media is that you and I just highlight a real problem. And all of a sudden, you and I are the enemy here stoking conspiracy theories. Well, it's so dumb. I mean, one of my core beliefs about life is that nothing is static. Everything is dynamic. It's moving in one direction or another. And it's so hard to adjust to that as a human being because you want everything to stay the same, but nothing ever does. So if you want to know what things are going to look like in the future, just chart out what has been happening recently and ask yourself, are things accelerating or decelerating? Are they moving up, down, right, left? I mean, just chart it out. And in the case of Trump, they started with protests. They moved to impeachment. Now they're at indictment. None of it has worked. What's next? What is, what could possibly be next? If you felt, and you really believed, and a lot of them do, that the worst thing that could happen to the country, and more specifically to you, in the professional class, is to have Donald Trump as president, and everything you have tried has failed, and they have been accelerating steps, protests, impeachment, indictment, like, how many more arrows do you have in your quiver? And what's the next one? And of course, it's assassination. And assassination happens around the world. I had dinner with former president of Haiti in my house last night. His successor was murdered in his bed in the presidential palace in Port-au-Prince. And he's hardly alone. People get assassinated. I mean, I, they've been assassinated in this country far more Just often in than Japan. we're willing to admit. It With happened in Japan. That's exactly right. So it's not it's not crazy. And of course, it's the last thing I want. I said it directly to Trump, by the way, because it's so obvious. How could you not say that? So I did. And he did not engage with me at all on that subject. And I don't know what he actually thinks of it, but he's smart. And so he must know that that's true. But why? So again, it's just another example of what you said a minute ago wisely. If you want to know what's true, Look at the things you're not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say them, not because they're conspiracy theories or lies. Right. You're not allowed to say them precisely because they are not conspiracy theories or lies. They are true. Yeah. And that is true, period. Yeah, I remember being around the Obama White House and, you know, you'd hear the staffers talking without, you know, speaking out of turn or anything. There are things they really enjoyed conservatives talking about because they knew they weren't true. And some of us during the Obama year, not us, but other got spun right. up on things. And it's just, they loved it because they knew it was a waste of time. And if it ever push came to shove, they could easily debunk it, but they didn't debunk it because they want, but you're right. When they want to shut you down, whether it's demographic destiny conversations or this Trump thing, it's because they, they quietly know like, yeah, they're kind of right there. Like we're going to call the guy Hitler a thousand times over. Someone's going to do something. Let me ask you a question because it wasn't part of my rundown here, but you, you got me thinking about something. Uh, Trump's up in a lot of these swing state polls. You know, they're polls. I get it. Acute moments in time. Anything could change. But just take it for what it's worth. He's got a decent chance of winning. Um, if he were to win this thing, we have obviously this period between November and January and the swearing in. I, I'm not sure that's going to go well. I, and I'm, I'm trying to be understated here. Uh, I, I don't yes. think that's going to end well. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm taking a deep breath because I have so many thoughts, most of which I'm not going to express because I have no, I have no evidence other than my own intuition and what seems obvious. And I, I think we probably share exactly the same views on this. Look, they have set up Donald Trump as president as the one thing they, they can't tolerate. Now, that's anti-democratic right there. Democracy demands that people who didn't vote for a candidate submit to his rule if he wins democratically. 
That's a baseline requirement for democracy. All of us have been through it. Some guy you hate gets elected and you have to sit there and be like, okay, he's the president. He's my president. It's my country. And I'm going to sit there like a good little boy as he reigns. I disagree with him, but I'm not going to try and kill him because I believe in the system. They, that's kind of the traditional Western view of democracy. They don't have a Western view of anything. They don't believe in democracy. So they're not bound by the normal rules that the rest of us are and have been for 250 years. So I just don't think they're going to tolerate it. I don't think they think like us. They're not like, well, you know, he won. I guess we should let him govern. They didn't do that last time and they definitely won't do it this time. And of course, the difference now is we know exactly who they are. We know exactly what they think. And we know to some extent the lengths they will go to get their will. And they don't have any boundaries at all. They use the U.S. military against the American population. So yeah. who would do that? Well, people who don't have limits would do that. So what are their, what are their boundaries in this case? I, I literally don't think they have boundaries. And I think that we should be prepared, at least internally, psychologically, uh, for them to do anything. Yeah, I mean, you would have you would have seen it last time. There was a uh, document I covered extensively on my show, still in our library, folks. If you want to check it out, um, if they weren't convinced they had won in 2020, I, I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation right now. And I'm only basing it on a document I had by the left. This was not again some conspiratorial like left wing fringe group. It was mainstream figures. I think it was called the Democracy Integrity Project or something like that. And in the document, <laughs> yeah, I know, which is always hilarious. It's kind of like the, my dipsy do flipperoo theory where they always accuse you of what they're doing. And um, in the document, it says, be prepared for a street fight, not a legal one. And they're very clear in that statement that they mean an actual street fight. Uh, they put out all yeah. the disclaimers, like we're not talking about a legal one. We're talking about an actual street fight. Uh, I, I, again, you, the document's out there. I'll, I'll, if we can find it, we'll throw it in in a post-production here. But uh Oh, yeah. Look at it. How did you get that so quick? I got the best producer. Transition Integrity Project. There it is right there. Hey, I'll read it to you. It says it right there. The Biden campaign began the game encouraging three states with Democrat governors. They're talking about how the game developed and all this other stuff. And then like on page 11 of this, if they go right to it, like the street fight thing, you can check it out yourself. And this is mainstream figures. So I'm kind of worried. Uh, I'm going to take a, a break here, folks. This is a wrap on part one. We're going to go right into part two. Make sure you check it out. Part two with Tucker Carlson. Hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Tucker Carlson. I told you, I told you I was going to set the internet on fire. Spread that around. Part two is going to air tomorrow, Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, right here, rumble.com slash Bongino. Don't miss it. I promise you there's some more stuff in there, including what's going to happen coming up with the next election and all. Really good stuff. Don't miss it. See you back here tomorrow, and we'll have our normal podcast too, so don't sweat that. See you tomorrow here at 3 p.m. for an extra part two episode, me and Tucker Carlson. See you then. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.